Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. The Bible said, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. If the Lord would help me for just a few moments, I want to preach on this thought tonight, groaning for a change. Groaning for a change. Now you see in verse 22, if you back up a verse, there's the groaning of a creation. The Bible said the whole creation, that is the saved and the lost. Every creature that lives is subject to the state of servitude and pain and vanity and death. Death just doesn't happen to the child of God. It happens to the lost. And so the whole creation groaneth, the Bible said. And then in verse 23, we see the groaning of the Christian waiting for the completion of our adoption, the redemption of our body. And we're going to look at that at a little further. Now, if you were to go up to verse 14, you would find that those who have been adopted into the family of God are led by the Spirit. That is why that those who teach that you get the Holy Ghost down the road, they are wrong. The Bible said, if a man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. We get birthed into the family of God and the Holy Ghost moves inside of us and dwells in us. And if we're in the family of God, then we're to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Can I say in verse 15, those adopted into the family of God are loved by the Father. He said that we have the spirit of adoption. Uh, you know what that is? The feeling of affection and love and confidence uh, which pertains to children. That is why he said we cry, Abba, Father, Father, Father. I'm glad, thank God, I've been adopted into the family of God and I have a heavenly Father who loves me, uh, who cares for me, uh, who provides for me, uh, who protects me. I've been adopted into the family of God. And I'm glad I can never be taken out of the family. Amen. Amen. We find that we are loved by the Father. Can I say number three? Those who are adopted into the family of God are lifted by Christ. We share in His sorrow but we share in his glory. We share in his cross, but we share in his crown. Amen. Then thirdly, we see the groaning of the comforter. The groaning of the comforter. From what I can understand about the scripture, here's what the Holy Ghost does. Brother Sam, when you get up in the morning and you begin to pray, 
You begin to tell God the things you need in your life and what you want God to do. And the Holy Ghost, he steps up and he says, Father, he really doesn't need that. I want to tell you what he really needs. Father, he needs you to work in this area in his life. Thank God what a God we have that mediates and the Spirit of God. He says he really don't know what he needs. But I'm going to tell you what he really needs. What a great God. What thank God for the Holy Ghost who intercedes on our behalf and goes before the Father and says, he don't know how to tell you, but I'm going to tell you exactly what Bobby Barnes needs. Amen. Hallelujah. The groaning of the comforter. I want to give you three things that we are groaning for a change. Number one, in our body. If you will, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, for in this we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. He said, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan to be in burden. If you look over to chapter 4 and verse 8, he said we're groaning from the suffering of our body. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to get out of this whole body because of the suffering that we face in this life. You'll find, first of all, he said, because we said we are troubled on every side. That simply means that there's pressure and he said I'm tired of the pressure I'm tired of the pressure of my job I'm tired of the pressure of my family I'm tired of the pressure of the circumstances that surround my life he said I'm tired and he said but thank God one day we're going to get a new body and so we groan in our body because of the pressure but I like what he said he said, but thank God, he said, but not distressed. We're not going to give up. There may be pressure on every side, but there's somebody that knows how to relieve the pressure. I'm glad when that old devil gets you on every side, that thank God the Son of God knows how to show up on the scene and relieve some of that pressure. I've grown for a change in my body. Amen. Amen. Not only the pressure, but he said we're perplexed. You know what that means? Don't know which way to go. <laughs> Don't know which way to turn. But I like what he said, brother. He said, Brother Danny, he said, but we're not distressed. That means a total loss. 
He said, I may be at a loss, but I'm not in a total loss. Hallelujah. Because of who we have. I'm glad we have a connection to the right hand of God. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. He said, I'm perplexed. Then he said, persecuted, but not disowned or not forsaken. I'm telling you, Paul had experienced persecution at Antioch, at Iconium. Uh, at Lystra, at Antioch, they persuaded them to stone and leave Paul for dead. But Paul said, you know what? He said, but I'm not disowned. This world may persecute me. Uh, My family may not agree with me. But thank God there's one who promised never to leave me uh, nor forsake me. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, we may get persecuted in this life. But I'm telling you, who's always on you? your side and that is God he said if God before me who in the world can be against me I'm glad there's a great God who's on my side and I got news for you if God's on your side you're a majority because God is all that you need hallelujah amen some groaning in my body because of the suffering he said, not only the persecution, but said, I've been pushed down, I've been knocked down, cast down, the Bible said. He said, hey, but you know what? He said, but I've not been destroyed. <laughs> Every now and then we get knocked down, but we don't get knocked out. Hallelujah. <laughs> One of these days, all of that pressure. All of that being perplexed and all of that persecution and all of that casting down. I thank God one day we're going to get a new body and there'll be none of that. I groan in my body for a change. I'm looking. They had no idea what I was preaching about, but they both sang about in a moment. And thank God Jesus is going to come and he's going to take this whole body and he's going to change it into a glorified body and there'll be no more pressure there'll be no more perplexity there'll be no more trouble I thank God I'm glad one day we're going to get a new body hallelujah amen not only from suffering but also from sickness we groan to get a new body because of the sickness we watch people decline or decay People that we love, we watch them go down. We watch them begin to lose their strength. Sometimes they lose their mind. I preached for a man and he had to retire because his wife got Alzheimer's. And and sometimes when I go to that church, he still is a a member there. And uh, he'll still go out to eat with us. the new pastor, the new pastor grew up in that church and so they know him well. And we'll be sitting in the car and that dear lady will say, honey, where's my purse? And he'll say, honey, it's in the trunk. 
Five seconds later, honey, where's my purse? He'll say, honey, it's in the trunk. Five seconds later, honey, where's my purse? He said, honey, it's in the trunk. And they'll go through that all day long. I'm telling you, but one day, one day, she's going to get her mind back. And it'll be in a glorified body. He gets a little aggravated sometimes because she asked over and over and over. We've got to be patient with people like that. They don't have the ability. They don't know what they're doing. But thank God one day they will. And when they get a brand new body, hey, I tell you, we ought to groan in our body for a change because of the sickness. We lose our sight. We lose our strength. We lose our mind. Not only the decline, but the death. There are some of you just like me in the last couple of years. We've buried somebody that we love and there'll be those in the future that are going to have to walk by the casket and bury somebody that you love and it's hard to see that happen but thank God we know one day when that trumpet sound that them old graves are going to begin to shake and thank God that loved one that we buried in hope they're going to get up and get out of the grave and thank God they're going to meet us in the air and what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and when I meet my daddy over on the other side I'm glad thank God one of these days we're going to get a new body and we'll never die again hallelujah amen he said groaning in my body number two Go back to Romans. He said, I'm groaning because of our bondage. Not only our body, but our bondage. Look in chapter 7 and look in verse 18. Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. And the Bible said, he said, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, Dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. You know what I'm a groaning for? Are the change in my bondage because of the presence of a carnal nature? No matter how I've been saved, there's still this old flesh that I contend with. There is a battle every day of your life and every day of my life. Every morning you get up, your flesh wants to run the show. It wants to have control. That is why you've got to yield yourself and let the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you to run your life. But I'm telling you, we fail. I'm telling you we fight but thank God one day I'm going to get a new body. And you know what old John said brother daddy he said I don't know all it is but one thing I know I'm going to be like him. I'll never fail again. I'll never disappoint again. I'll never think anything wrong again. I'll never have envy. I'll never have jealousy. I'll never have covetousness. I'll never do those things because of the body that we're going to get. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. He said, sown in dishonor. You know what dishonor is? It's shame. I don't know about you, but I'm ashamed sometimes how I fail him. I know that I disappoint him. And all that he's done for me. You would think we'd never fail again. But Brother Jason, don't work that way. You know what David said in the book of Psalms? The Lord knows my frame. It doesn't give us an excuse. But thank God I'm glad he knows what I'm made out of. Amen. A change of bondage because of the presence of a carnal nature. Number two, because of the presence of a corrupt world. Sin is so prevalent today. Sin is everywhere you go. It's everywhere. It's on every phone. It's in every grocery store. It's everywhere you want to go. I do not believe we were talking about back in the day. Uh, our sin was not as prevalent because you had to go to certain places to find it. Now you can have it sitting down in your living room. It's everywhere. Thank God one day I'm going to get a new body and I'm going to be in a place where there is no sin. There'll be no filth. There'll be no pornography. There'll be no fornication. There'll be no adultery. There'll be no filthy foul mouth. There'll be no cussing God and taking his name in vain. You can get out of your car at Walmart. Here's somebody on the phone and using such vulgar language. But thank God over there, the Bible said that nothing defiling will enter therein. I'm glad, thank God, we're going to a land that is fairer than day. And I groan within me for a change to get out of this whole sin-cursed world. Amen. Amen. I'm afraid as a child of God we've gotten used to the dark. It don't bother us anymore. I heard a man say I'm talking about a man goes to church, been in church for years. He's an older man. His pastor told me he said, you know I've gotten so used to them cussing on television, I don't even turn it off anymore. You listen to me? <laughs> we get used to the dark. I don't want to get used to the dark. I want sin to bother me. I want to turn my head and say, oh God. I want to say, oh God, I don't want to live like that. I'm no better than anybody else. And I, my flesh is just as rotten as yours. But thank God, Brother Stephen, one day we're going to be in a land there'll be none. It'll be just righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. We'll be in the presence of a mighty God that thank God there'll be no need of the S-U-N because the S-O-N will be the light thereof in that new city. Amen. Man, uh, that new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Thank God we're going to live in a land where there is no sin. It might be tonight you need to ask God to help sin become exceeding sinful to you. You got too used to it. It don't bother you. It ought to bother you. It ought to disturb you when you see what's happening all around us. Uh, it ought to bother us. Amen. There was a day even when people wasn't 
way back yonder. They wasn't right. They didn't want the man of God to find out what they was doing. But George, I got news for you. God already knows what you're doing for the man of God knows what you're doing. God knows what you're doing in secret. I took a church in Texas. I was just 24 years old. And I think that I aggravated him more than I pastored him. Amen. I pestered him more than I pastored him. But I remember this fella, he wasn't dressed right. And he was a Sunday school teacher. And I just got there. I wasn't going to blow everybody out the door. I wanted someone to preach to the next Sunday. Amen. And so, but it was funny because I saw him at a, at a, at a service station. And <laughs> Brother Lad, he wouldn't get out from behind the door. He just held the door there. How you doing, Brother Barnes? It's good to see you. And I said, hey, it's good to see you, brother. And I started walking, and he shut it even closer. You see, God already see what he was wearing. It didn't matter what I saw. Amen. It's kind of like a fella. <laughs> he said, he said that he saw this fella smoking in front of the church. And so he went up to him, and you know how they cup it in their hand. He stayed there real long until it was not just the smoke coming up, it was his flesh burning. Amen. <laughs> you see, God's seen that already. Amen. Old brother Marion Hackerson, he pastored up here in Amory. And I was there one day. And I was a preaching for him. And he got up and he said, you know what? You know how he always was? He said, I'm a telling you something. He said, I'm a tired of picking up your old cigarette butts. From now on, you pick up your own stinking cigarette butts. Y'all not be smoking out in the front church house anyway. Amen. Can I say, I've never seen that here. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is, uh, hey, I'm glad, thank God, we're going to a land uh, that there'll be none of that. Amen. A change. I'm groaning for a change of my bondage. Lastly, I'm done. A change of our behavior as a church as a whole. The whole church, the whole people that are born again. Look in Romans chapter 8, if you will. Verse 12. The Bible said, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall Live. You know what he said? He said, We should not live after the flesh. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of the church as a whole. Number one, that has become lazy in their service. Thank God for church. I, I thank God uh, when people ask me if we have a visitation, and I tell them we have sometime 50 and 60 and 70 to come, they are blown away. Thank God for you that are willing to come out and be a part uh, of a visitation program and telling people about Jesus. There's a lot of men I preach for. They don't never go because nobody will go with them. God help us uh, to not be lazy in our service for the king. Amen. If we're asked to teach Sunday school, then you ought to teach Sunday school. If you're asked to sing in a choir and you can sing, you ought to sing in the choir. Amen. 
If you're asked to do something, we ought to do it. Uh, some of you, God will never call you to preach, but it'll give you skills to use for the glory of God. And that's what it's all about. But Logan, doing what God has given you that you might use for the kingdom of God. It isn't God giving us things, Brother George, for ourselves as much as giving us things to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. I tell you, I'm ch- I, I, I want to change a groan in the change of our behavior. Number two, <laughs> because we become loose in our sanctification. I was somewhere not too long ago, and it was not a visitor. So let's make that known. wasn't a visitor. It was a member. And she came in with yellow and green hair. Yellow and green hair. Yellow and green hair. A member. You ought not be coming in in yellow and green hair. Amen. I was at another church and someone came in with purple hair. Purple hair. Listen to me now. I'm not talking about sinners. Oh, no. I want them to care. I don't care what they, I want them to come. Amen. But members who know better, we ought to do better. Amen. As a whole, the church has become loose in their sanctification. And I groan within me to go back to the 70s when they preached the hide off of you and people lived for God and they didn't get mad when they got preached to. Amen. Oh, yes, I like it, praise God. When a man of God loved me enough to stand up and tell me what the Bible said, what God expected out of my life, amen. Amen. You know how kind and gentle Brother Biddle was. Steve Griffin got saved when he was preaching. He was a hippie. He got off the altar, Brother Biddle said, Hey, boy, now go get your hair cut. Today they'd say, well, how dare him? Guess what Brother Steve did? He got mad. No, he didn't get mad. He went and got a haircut because he told him, go get your haircut. You just got saved. Go get a haircut. Amen. I was there when Phil Kidd preached his first message. We went to the same church. He had on a pair of platform shoes. My pastor didn't know what tact meant. So he gets through preaching. He starts walking down the steps and preaches sitting in front of everybody. That's pretty good. Now go change your shoes. <laughs> Guess what? He came back Wednesday night wearing a pair of wingtips. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we've gotten really loose. I don't know why people have 10 earrings in their ear. 14 in their snout. And then they put on tattoos everywhere. Now some of y'all, you got saved and you got them. I understand that. But you young people, the Bible said not to mark yourself. You don't need to go get a tattoo. I was preaching somewhere and this was a pastor's daughter and she got up to sing and got a tattoo down her leg as a young girl. God help us. The Bible said not to mark yourself. It's still right to live right, to do right. I'm a groaning in my body for a change in the behavior of the people of God. Amen. Well, everybody else is doing it. We've never been everybody else. We're supposed to be different. Not crazy different, but different. 
Amen. <laughs> We're supposed to be different. Well, my friend, he goes to that Baptist church and he's got a tattoo. Well, shame on him. Don't you get one? Amen. I, I preach in churches, I'm telling you. And they're starting to get tattoos. Wear 14 earrings. And come in with purple and yellow hair. Green hair. Green hair. What, what, what are they trying to prove? They're trying to identify. They say, I'm coming here, but I'm identifying without there. I don't want to identify without there. I want to be different. Praise God. I want God to accept me. I don't want them to accept me. I will never be accepted by them because I am different. Oh, they say we preach hate when we are preaching against homosexuality and transgender. I'm not hating them. I want them to be saved. Amen. But I'm not going to agree with them. I'm not going to walk that way. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Number three, we've become lazy in service. We've become loose in sanctification. And for the few that are still listening, we've become little in our supplication. We're not standing tall in our prayer life. God help us. One of the greatest needs in the church is to get back on our knees. We're so busy with TV, phone, games, hobbies, all the things that we love to do. Instead of shutting them down, getting in the closet and pray and pray. Brother Lamar, the only hope for our country is praying down an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. We've got to pray. Can I say tonight, church, that we have got to be reminded of the judgment seat of Christ. Number one, it's inclusive. We must all appear at the Bema seat. And then number two, there's going to be an inspection. And he's going to... There's going to be loss and there'll be reward. I want to have reward, not so much loss. I'm groaning for a change. I'm groaning for a change in my body. I'm groaning for a change in my bondage. I'm groaning for a change in the behavior of the people of God. If we don't stop the sliding, Brother Laddie, we're going to fall off. If we don't keep, if we, someone's going to have to stop and say, we, we, that's far enough. We've got to start going back the other way. We won't even be recognized as independent Baptist churches anymore.